Eddie discovered one of his childhood's great truths. Grown-ups are the real monsters, he thought. Stephen King. It. The Bookworm. Sunday, 12 to 1 on Fab Radio International. Hello, people of us. It's Sunday. You're listening to FabRadioInternational.com. So this must be The Bookworm. It must be. I'm your host, Ed Fortune, and I'm here with... Nifahey. So hello, everyone. Uh, you can catch us. We are, we are The Bookworm. We are here with Starburst Magazine. Welcome if you've come to us via Starburst Magazine. Welcome also if you've come to us via iTunes. Other places you can find us is Twitter, where we are Radio Bookworm, Facebook, where we're Radio Bookworm. Tumblr, where we're Radio Bookworm. And Mixcloud, where we're Radio Bookworm. You can also find more about FabRadioInternational.com on FabRadioInternational.com and more about Starburst Magazine on StarburstMagazine.com. Um, feel free to tweet us or slip something into our Ask box or Facebook us. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to use any of those. We always like to hear from you. Absolutely. So yeah, coming up on the show, we're talking we're talking about books because that's the entire yeah. concept of the show. We have a bit of a dystopian theme running through today. What what are you reviewing, uh, Ed? The Queen of Dark, oh, Queen of the Dark Things, um, by C. Uh, Robert Cargill. I was trying to do a really kind of creepy voice, but <laughs> I just can't. You're too cuddly, um, cute and cuddly, Ed. So yes, uh, I really really liked it, and you'll find out more when I whiffle on about that. And what do you have there? I have a gorgeous book, uh, Memory of Water by Emmy Itaranta. I hope I've uh, pronounced that uh, well. Um, dystopian, absolutely gorgeous, and I'll be telling you more about it um, after the news and, and a few messages. Oh, blimey, do we have some news coming up for you next? <laughs> Joseph Conrad, Heart of Darkness. The Bookworm, Sunday, 12-1 on Fab Radio International. Hello, people of ours. It's book news time. Uh, first bit of book news, we have a webcam. I know it's a bit of a personal book news, but if you go on to uh, Radio Bookworm on Facebook, you'll find a link to our webcam and you'll be able to see us. Um, you'll be able to see myself and you'll also be able to see Ninfa. You won't be able to see producer Al because she it's... has special powers. Yes. Very special powers. Uh, okay, first bit of news. George uh, Orwell Martin is finishing at seven books of the Game of Thrones series. Honest engine scouts honour. Um, <laughs> it's been suggested by Anne Growl that uh, he, because there's eight kingdoms of Westeros, maybe he should do it. Maybe he should do more. Oh, which I think George Orwell Martin's gone, no! <laughs> um, he's, you know, he's in, the, he's in the middle of book six. Um, he'll get back to us when he's halfway through book seven, he says. Uh, we, we we all have our fingers crossed that he'll get there. <laughs> Let's he be honest, he'll get there. Let's don't 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 vanish or get abducted by aliens or any weirdness or go mad or <laughs> be found in the Nevada des- desert eight years later, having written another fifteen books. Come on, George, <laughs> just get on with it. Um, please finish. Uh, so so that so it's a kind of bit of a non-story, but there was a whole kind of kind of fuss about you know oh well there might be more no. 
it's not yeah. as if it's not. I, I know why this is because of the success of the TV show, but it's not as if there isn't an absolute pile of really good fantasy stories. Uh, and again, if you're a leg- regular, a regular, if you're a regular listener to the show, <laughs> and you, you have an idea of what you want to be seen done as an HBO show, then yeah, you should you should tell us, and we can laugh at you. I mean, we can talk about why that's such a good idea. <laughs> I, I, t- to be honest. Uh, th- th- there's a whole lot of stuff that I would love to see done. Which, the thing is, you know, it, it appears uh, movie and, and TV series makers have clicked on that a lot of books make for incredibly good stories. So there's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of great books out there. Yes, Game of Thrones is fantastic as a series and as a book series, but I'm sure there'll be something else that will catch people's interest. The one that's been touted for years and years and years for me is Dragonlance, because I always would pay attention <laughs> when someone says Dragonlance, because Dragonlance books are, they're a much easier read, they're a much more accessible read. There's loads of them. Yes. Um, there's a core story, there's other little stories going around. There's you also can, such a huge world that if you wanted to make a series based on that, but with a different storyline, you could totally go there. What they should do is they should do the, the, the core War of the Lands mm-hmm. and then they should dismantle the, the War of the Lands with all the stuff that builds up to what's happening while the war is going on. Yes. So, and you can use various... Cause it, are, are you listening, um, serious producers out there? But I tell you what, I suspect <laughs> the one that will eventually end up being a big TV series will be Magic the Gathering. Oh. of it's Because of its vast, vast war fund of money um, <laughs> and huge popularity and massive amounts of fans and big setting... Um, and also the fact that because all the characters can wander from dimension to dimension, you can do all sorts of things. It's an excuse to do lots of sets. Though I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the public is ready for fantasy, mm. you know fantasy Doctor Who. Maybe they are. <laughs> um, I am. Anyway, getting we got horribly distracted in the news as always. I so, mean, never. We've got loads. We've got loads to go through. So, firstly, <sighs> Robert Anton Wilson um, is a famous author. Uh, Bob is well known for his anarchic and dystopian books and he wrote a, uh, an autobiographical book called The Cosmic Trigger it's being turned into a stage play Daisy Eris Campbell yes that's her name uh, who would call a girl Eris? really, seriously okay. I think Daisy- it's cool it's, okay. it's an interesting girl's name um, <laughs> Daisy Eris Campbell is the daughter of Ken Campbell now if you're, a big, if you're into your experimental theatre you'll be like Okay, Ken Campbell, that's the guy who's done all the weird stuff. Yes, that's the guy who did all the weird stuff. Ken Campbell notoriously tried to do the Illuminatus t- uh, series as a stage play. The Illuminatus series is weird. It's flat out weird. It's all about chaos. It's all about anarchy. It's all about strangeness. It was very experimental. It's a short version as a stage play. Um, notorious rather than famous. Best way to describe it. So, yeah. So Daisy's trying to do the biography of of, of um, Bob Wilson, uh, Bob Wilson, Robert Anton Wilson. She's roped the likes of Alan Moore in mm-hmm. to do the voice of the computer. She's got um, Jamie Reed, who's the guy who did the Six Pistols covers, to mm-hmm. do some some occult artwork for it. Cool. It's um it's it's on Indiegogo.com now. Um, you can devote you can donate twenty three dollars. You can do um donate $23,000 if you want to um, interesting idea interesting adaptation they're trying to turn it into a kind of chaos magic uh, weirdness festival um, it's kind of on the fringes of the sort of stuff that we do very mm. much so I do love this sort of thing I do love the, the Illuminati series 
I've not read the Cosmic Trigger. trigger. I can only imagine what it would be like. So hmm. We'll just have to wait and see if the project goes on. Meanwhile, meanwhile. <laughs> Somewhere else in the world. Back to the war. Drones versus axes. Uh, yep, Amazon Hatchet are still at it. That's the, for the third week running. For the, it, this is going to keep going. This is <laughs> going to go. uh, it stepped up a notch. Um, Stephen Colbert, who's an American comedian who does a show called The Colbert Report, has a book with Hatchet. Oh, yes. So this is Amanda Palmer, by the way. Has a book with Hatchet. Um, we uh, like Amanda Palmer. We like Amanda. We like, we, we, we like um, Stephen Colbert. Anyway, he's a satirist, and what he's, what he's been doing is he's been using his show to have a go at Amazon and encouraging a boycott of Amazon and boycott stickers and other silly gimmicks. Um, he's trying to encourage people to boycott Amazon and buy his book from his website and over buy, buy other hatchet books from his website instead and stop using the, the biggest bully in the, 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 the room, which he alleges is Amazon. It's worth pointing out that they're both multinationals. These are, the, you know, this is not a, a little guy pitting on a, a big guy pitting on a little guy, or you know, there is no underdog here. Mm-hmm. These these are two huge two businesses. <laughs> these are two, yeah, these are two overdogs. These are two huge firms having a spat over money, um, and the people who are suffering is you. So do you know what? Support your local bookstore instead. It's as simple as that. You know, we always say yeah. this: support your local bookstore. Get off your bottom. Go off. Buy the books that you want to. It's always a better policy anyway. Talk to someone about it as well. Because, you know, you go to your local bookstore, chances are you'll find people that love books just as much as you do. And they'll be ecstatic that you're going by and having a chat about books and ordering books through them. And yes, you know, Amazon is cheaper at times. But what happened to the experience of discovering a book and touching it and smelling it and talking to people about how awesome it is? See, I'm much less nice than them. I'm just like, get off your bottom and get some exercise. <laughs> I, I don't like exercise. You can tell now that we've got a webcam. I, I read an awful lot of books, and I, therefore I don't move much. Therefore, the only exercise I really do get is when I when I go from you know go to the bookshop to get another book. I, I need that. I, I need to do that. I need to you know move around a bit more. So you know, get off your bottom. Go to your local bookshop. Store. Forget this whole whole, you know, drones versus axes, Amazon and Hatchet, just ignore the pair of them and to buy the books you want, but, you know, from a shop. So, moving on. Moving on. Um, (laughs) uh, A very, very quick thing. We've talked about the the Wheel of Time and the Hugo Awards before. Yes. Um, The the Hugo Award uh, Award nominees packets out, the voter packets are out. Mine turned up. Um, it's a big pile of books. Hey, I know. I, I I did speak to someone else who had received it and was very excited about Yee, all he, of the books. You just get a big pile of stuff. Um, there's there's been some consternation because the people who didn't realise that the Wheel of Time was in the series certainly have now. And they've, they, they, you just double click on this this huge pile and it just goes here is the Wheel of Time. Enjoy your three and a half million words. <laughs> And you, you, you have two months to, to read this, so you, you know if it's good. No, no. It's, I tell you what, listener, I have not yet made my mind up. I will not make my mind up until the last minute. If you want to get in touch with us and, and tell me what I should vote for on the Hugo Awards, I will listen. I'm not necessarily saying, you know, I'm, not going, I'm not opening this up to a public vote. No, but, you but know. Pitch me. Cast pitch your me, own vote. Pitch me where you would like me to place my vote, because I have a vote convince me because i'm very open to to opinion 
convince me if you think that's something that absolutely deserves to win. If you do win. want to convince Ed, find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Radio Tumblr. Bookworm, Tumblr, uh, you know, anywhere. We're happy when you comment. We're happy when you thumb us up and, and, and give us a like. So uh, a little bit more news to go. Um, you know how we talked about Skin Game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, uh, this Which is brilliant. the latest Harry Dresden book. Yeah, how uh, this award-seeking radio radio show. Yes. Literally, literally tens, I mean, tens of listeners. Is that tens of thousands? No, tens of listeners. Um, it, it's worked. Um, obviously, clearly, clearly. Clearly, we're helping this, this clearly, young and upcoming new author that has <laughs> written just, you know. Just written about 20 books already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, clearly our influence has helped because he's the top of the book charts. Yay! So there you go. Uh, obviously, it's, 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 it's all awful and not the incredibly hard work of you know Jim Butcher and his team. <laughs> Yay, clearly. well done, Jim Butcher. Well done, and um, it totally deserved as well. It's totally returned to form. I really liked it. Um, and one more one more last thing. Puffin. Oh, Puffin. Oh, we like Puffin. Like um, have gone into the world of augmented reality. Uh, do you know the Skylander toys? No, I'm not They're like these little plastic mannequins that you, you put on things and they have a battles and adventures. They they tie in with your PlayStation in this oh, sort of thing. okay. So they're all about being interactive. Well, fascinatingly, uh, the books are also interactive. If you've got like a, a smartphone, there's there's, lo- there's an app and you just click and it can make the, the little monsters pop out. Oh. Because so, clearly what books need is, you know, augmented 3D images rather than that incredible imagination engine that is the human mind. But you yeah, can use both. I suppose you can. Um, so, I mean, uh, Skylanders are very gimmicky, so this is a gimmick for Skylanders. So it mm. makes perfect sense for the brand. And it also means that Puffin have started using clever app tricks, which is interesting. Yeah, stepping into the 21st century. Shall I, shall I do a book review next? Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, just going back to the Cosmic Trigger play for a minute, having a look on its Indiegogo now, they're just shy of halfway there, which wow. is, is not bad, is it? Well, they've, been, they've only been at it for a few days as well. Um, yeah, but they've done it about a week-ish, maybe slightly longer. They've got 27 days left. Fantastic. Wow. So there's obviously people out there that are excited about the project, so well done. There's, there's a whole thing with the, the, the kind of... The, the kiosk crowd is on the one hand they are a lovely and intelligent and broad set of people who have you know very very interesting opinions about the way the world is and a very very intelligent and insightful worldview. on the other hand oh my god does it attract just because because they're so intelligent and so into stuff they're all crazy <laughs> aren't we all dear we're all crazy well here. i count myself among their numbers so there you go there you go um Book review. Book review. We'll do that next after these messages. Across the world, 24 hours a day. This is Batwoodian International. Hello, listeners. Uh, you're listening to The Bookworm on Fab Radio International, and um, you might be listening to us via Starburst magazine as well. That'd be lovely if you are. Um, so, hello. So, I have a book review. A little while ago, I got the utter pleasure of talking to Rob, C. Robert Cargill about his book, Dreams and Shadows. Very nice chap. Um, and the first book, Dreams and Shadows, was quite dark. Quite dark. Um, 
centred around a young chap called Colby, who had a bunch of wishes. Now, if you had a bunch of wishes, would one of your wishes be to be a wizard? Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. It didn't work out very well for Colby, unfortunately, because he is the world's greatest sorcerer. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's problematic. There's the, you, when you're the toughest guy in town, everyone wants to have a conversation with you, especially demons, monsters, and all sorts of things. <laughs> so... Uh, it, Queen of, Dark, of the Dark Things is set six months after the first book. Um, uh, poor, poor, poor Colby. <laughs> um, he uh, is still recovering. Basically, uh, his, his life, the events from the first book, his life has been completely and utterly, utterly uh, ruined. Um, you know, his, 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 his friendships have been shattered. No one trusts him anymore. People are pissed off. Oh, people are very, very annoyed about um, about certain things that he's done in the first book. It it's not gone down well, shall we say? Guess what? It gets worse. It gets <laughs> much, much worse. Just as you think. Just as he's starting to go. Do you know what? I'm I'm settling down nicely, and and I live in the the town of Austin, which has become some 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 sort of supernatural nexus. But you know, I'm getting on quite well with the few people who are still supernatural and still around here. Some people are still talking to me. And the spirit of the city itself is quite pretty. Maybe I can go on some sort of mystical date. Everything should be fine. Oh dear, no. Um, <laughs> there is a darkness and it is rising and it is continuing to rise. Um, and because he is, you know, the Sorcerer Supreme, this is a short version, he is the, he is the, the, the magic guy. It's his job to, to deal with all this nonsense. So, yeah. Off he goes to deal with just like just like he is some sort of kind of you know the the best gun gunslinger the, you know the 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 meanest guy in town everyone wants to pop at him not only that but everyone wants to kind of get him trapped into you know they want to make him theirs so the only thing that can really deal with the starless is other monsters so he has to deal with demons it's the last thing he wants to do you know he 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 get he got into this mess by by making a wish wish to a gin, he wished to to a gin to be. You don't a, do that. To be you a know, gin's tricky creatures. Well, this is it. I mean, he got his wish. He did become the greatest sorcerer ever. And unfortunately, you know, there there was some some massive attachment. Of course. So, the thing I like about Robert Cargill is he's very he's very straightforward in his style, and he's he is. I mean, he often gets compared to Joanne Bacombe. He gets compared to Neil Gaiman. If he carries on like this, and he is really going to get compared to Neil Gaiman an awful lot. I see. I see no down, down sides no, with no, that. No just downside just, to that at all. Yeah, it's it's unique urban fantasy is the best way to describe. Cover. Oh, the 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 they are beautiful covers. Um, the last one was beautiful as well. I think the last one was up for various awards for various things. I think it might have won a kitchen. I'd have to check. It might got. It might have. It went up for an EN award. Um, mm. Very pretty. But the book itself, Dreams and Shadows, went up for an award as well. Yeah. They're great. Really read Dreams and Shadows first. It's it's one of those books that I think is sitting on a lot of people's bookshelf lists of a book to read next. Um, you know, because people keep saying, no, if you like the American Gods, you will like this. It's not hyperbole. If you like American Gods, you'll like this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, so this he's, is he's not another Neil Gaiman it's very important it's very important to state this is that he's not he's, he's a distinctive voice and that's why it's all the things that we like about Neil Gaiman which is he's a unique and distinctive voice that there's a sense of familiarity to his work that there is a there is a sense of world building and there is also a sense of harshness to the world mm. and a kind of a slow uh, 
understated but but steadily building horror that at some point just makes you go <laughs> all of that is there and all those elements are there but in a unique voice and a unique style so this is the second book in the series um see robert cargill is known for three things these books he's done he was involved in the movie sinister mm-hmm. um and he used to write for ain't it cool okay so this is the second book in the series, but he's he, you know, it, it's difficult to describe him as someone whose debut. He's been at this game for a while. No, what I mean is, if I was to stumble upon Queen of the Dark Things, would I need to go back to the first book to be able to get into the story? He's done that very clever thing of, if you pick up Queen of the Dark Things, say in a garage sale and you start reading it, um, and you're just reading it casually because it's just there in the room and mm. you've got nothing else to read, you won't be confused. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a better way of putting that is if you start reading this book with no planning and you don't know there's a one before it, you're fine. You'll be entirely fine. Obviously, read the first one. If, you, yeah. if you're if you listening to this review and go, oh, I quite like the sound of that, go and get Dreams and Shadows first, then read Queen of the Dark Things. We're looking at Queen of the Dark Things because it's new. It's just come out. Um, and it needs, you know, obviously we, we want you to read it. If you've not read, read Dreams and Shadows, and we, I know that a number of you have, um, this is just as good. It, it, it continues along the same form. It doesn't. It doesn't. I really, really liked it. I really, really, really liked it. I gave it. You know, I, I did a review with the Star Wars magazine as well and gave it, you know, a strong and decent rating. Mm. But at no point did I go. You know, it's not. It's not complete dynamite, but it's remarkable for what it is. And if he carries on like this, it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. What's the pacing like? So it, it's 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 what sort of a urban fantasy dystopian type of thing um it dips you straight into the world mm-hmm. uh, it is urban fantasy yeah uh, the, the the magic is an, an underlying thing it you know the, you can't go and you can't look it up look up wizards in the yellow pages um that you know but it's there it's a known thing it's a known element to the world to those who look mm-hmm. and those who are unlucky enough to look and what, what, unlucky um, one of one of the things about it is that all of this all of this supernatural stuff is part of the human condition. The, one of the basic premises is that there there isn't an evil thing in the world that hasn't dealt within the heart of a man. Oh. That's one of those ideas. Yeah. It's actually one of the quotes we have on the the, the, the show. Yeah, um, it's from Dreams and Shadows. It's literally everything comes from the human condition. That doesn't necessarily mean that human beings are all honest with themselves. So. Because of that, because we ignore our own personal darkness, we um we we turn a blind eye to the actual darkness. You know, we turn a blind eye to the monsters because they're part of what we are. Mm-hmm. So so it's kind of it's built into the setting that people you know people don't you know if you, if a wizard turns up and shoots you in the face with a fireball, you do notice. But <laughs> if if fairies are trying to take over Parliament, you don't notice. You just notice that Parliament has gotten worse. You, you can all the various things. So yeah, it's great. It's on um, Victor Gallant's that's a Ryan Books. Um, you can find out more about Mr. Cargill. He is on the internet as a massa worm, and uh, like like quite a bit. The alternative with Fab Radio. Athlex, the place to go in Manchester. When you're asking, where can I get? 
Over 70 independent traders offering the widest choice of products and services in Manchester. Break with the chains. Aflex, Church Street, Manchester. Or shop online at aflex.com. That's aflex.com. For seven years, The Ripman Show has been playing and supporting new, unsigned, and emerging music. You can now listen to the show here and exclusive to Fab Radio International. Every Monday, 7 till 9. Embrace the alternative. This, this is Fab Radio International. Uh, hello, listener. You know, I love... Welcome back. This is the Bookworm on Fab Radio International. I'm Nympha Hayes, and I'm here with my lovely co-host. Oh, I, I'm Ed Fortune. Sorry, I've got my name written down on my hand, just in case I forget. <laughs> so we have a book to talk about. We have. I just wanted to say, awesome song. I was just bopping along. If it, you, you are listening to us live, you'll have got to hear that. If you're listening to us on iTunes, you won't, because <laughs> that's how it works. Uh, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. Boo. But still, you know, you can always listen to us on both and then you get the best of both worlds. You can indeed. Yay. So, um, dystopian kind of um, show, urban fantasy dystopian. Um, and I have today a review of Memory of Water by Emi Itaranta. Um, first of all, um, please let me apologise if any of these names are pronounced the way that I'm going to pronounce them. Um, I do notice an umlaut over the A on Itavanta. Yes, yes, you you do. Um, so um, yes, she 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 the the author uh, is originally from Finland and there's a, a a very sort of strong Scandinavian um, influence in some of the names, the places, and and the characters. So please, please don't hate on me for for the mispronouncing. Uh, so memory of water. What's it about? Um, it's beautiful. Um, it's a memory of water is set sort of a, a few hundred years in the future, and our world is a very different world. Um, as, as you know, the fact that I've just said is dystopian might uh, suggest. Um, it's a world that's been ravaged by weather changes and by basically the the, the depletion of of our resources or most of our resources. Um, so it's it's a dry world um, where basically most things are now sort of solar powered because that's you know something that um, e e makes sense. We, we've not. Uh, yet yeah, managed to destroy and um, as you can imagine a world where where the weather has turned into dry and, 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 and hot and buzzing with insects so much so that you have to walk with, with a protection during the day and, and most of the nights as well so that you don't eat bugs uh, and they don't basically sting you and ravage you um, water is the most important thing um, so much so that pretty much the, the world military or the, the known world military has now become a military that guards water. So the worst crime you can commit is a water crime. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's the story of this young 17-year-old girl, um, Noria, Noira, Noiria, Noiria Kaitio. Um, and um, Noria is the daughter of the, this little village's tea master. 
and her father is one of the very few ones that still hold to the tea masters tradition whilst in the bigger cities tea masters have sort of gone with with the um with the modern way of living and forgotten some of the traditional and etiquette bits of of the ceremony uh the ceremony of tea is very much um followed to the tea um by noria stard uh, master kaitio so so hang on hang on a moment this is a book where tea tea is 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 a, is a sacred and important thing i like this already absolutely and as you can imagine what's the main ingredient apart from the tea it's the boiling water there's um on her 17th birthday um noria stard um takes her aside and takes her for a little walk towards these caves where that noria's known all her life she's played there as a child with her best friend sonia um only there's a secret in the caves and a secret that noria's family has been guarding for generations and most of the tea masters of certain villages have been guarding um in in their own villages um and noria stard is entrusted with the secret of keeping a spring now in a world where water is the most precious thing keeping a spring as a secret is as you can imagine one of the biggest crimes you can commit however there's a tradition and there's a reason why this spring is being protected. Obviously, in the modern world, is because the military's taken over. <coughs> and for them to take over the spring would mean that the benefits of the spring and taking care of the spring would be foregone. The tradition that guards the spring is also the thing that keeps the spring going. Ah. A, a, a very precise way of keeping the levels of the water of using it when the levels are too high of stopping it when the levels are dangerously slow so that the spring can thrive all of this is entrusted to noria on her 17th birthday this massive secret that will basically shape the things that are to come in the story noria has also got a passion for things that that regard the the lost world the ancient world before the war before the climate changes before everything changed uh, a world that's left behind a whole lot of rubbish Ooh. piles and piles of, of things that were once used in plastic metal scraps piled and piled in, in some places um, one of the favourite things as a child was to go around um, exploring exploring these caves that all of a sudden have got a whole new meaning exploring these piles of junk with a best friend Sanya who's got a knack for turning things into other things for repairing and also for discovering how things work and it's during one of these little experiments that she finds this weird thing where it's 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 got some speakers and she's not quite sure and there's there's a thing in the middle and and it looks like something else needs to be slotted and then one day noria comes across this shiny circle of of plasticky thing that looks just like it's going to slot in that particular machine and they do it and discovered what we know it's a cd and a cd player is it in fact an AOL disc? And it just goes all <laughs> there's all sorts. That there's 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 all this. It's it this the story's pebbled with references to our own technology, VHS, CDs, um, all kinds of things. Books are very rare because most they basically just use 
what they call podcasts. So it's it's basically just transmitters and you know a, a step forward into sort of like mobiles and things like that. So all of their books are basically electronic books, apart from some families like Noria's family, which holds to tradition. Uh, her mum's a researcher, uh, her dad is a tea master, and they have a selection of actual real life books which she loves to just pour through and read and explore especially the ones written by the previous team is there a touch of the polemic here where it's you know, is there a touch of a kind of there is technology? a commentary on on obviously what we could be heading towards um that there is a commentary on the environment uh, but it's it's just written so well it's beautiful it's a s- steady flow of almost poetry in places um it, that at some points it rushes through and, and the, the whole metaphor with water and how water is connected to death and they walk by hand in hand um, is, is explored throughout the book as you watch Noria's life unfold and, and how her choices affect the people that she loves and how her life takes a course that she never expected she just expected to turn 17 take over the tea master role from her dad uh, which is unusual very unusual for a woman and just take over her house and then everything unravels around her and it all starts with this revelation that she is to be entrusted with the care of this secret spring um it's a beautiful it's it's gorgeous book absolutely gorgeous it's a slow pace but it's a pleasant pace. You don't get bored because it's it's the 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 plot is so interesting and the reflections um, on life and and water and and everything that it represents. The descriptions of the tea ceremonies are beautiful and what they mean to this young girl and her father. Um, the characters are very very vivid. This young girl with her best friend. The stories mostly cir- circles around them. Um, is is look through Nori you look through Noria's eyes most of the time, um, and and it's just so melancholic and so sweet in places and yet so bitter as well. It's beautiful. So who would you who would you recommend this to? Um, if you like dystopian books, obviously this is this is one to look out for. Um, it's not fast paced. Don't expect action scenes that's not what the book is about so if you like sort of um when i first started reading it somehow it reminded me of memoirs of a geisha so if you like that sort of book if you've read memoirs of a geisha um it's that sort of pace reflective and slow and deep very much deep in places um if you like that sort of storytelling then this this would be a good book for you obviously if you like the the dystopian twist to it but to be fair the dystopian is is sort of the background it's mostly about this girl's story and and her choices um and it's just gorgeous i have no other words to say apart from the fact that it's beautiful um, it made me very sad. It's a hard book to read in places for the messages that it has, uh, but it also has hope in it. And who's it by? It's by Emmy Taranta, and it's a Harper Voyager publishing. Um, it's called Memory of Water. It's beautiful. Pick it up. Okay, so after these messages, we're going to talk more about books, which is the entire point of the show. <laughs> 
is Fab Radio International. The Frog and Bucket in the Northern Quarter, the original home of Manchester comedy for 20 years. You can watch the best live stand-up comedy from all over the world. To book online and check all show details and offers, visit frogandbucket.com. That's frogandbucket.com. Turned out by the music industry. Set the coordinates on your Navi computer to www.fabradiointernational.com. For patio hairs, anything that rocks. Every Tuesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. The alternative. This, this is Fabrician International. Hello, listeners. So we're back. We're going to talk about books. Just before we move forward, I'm actually going to mention um, thing that's happening. Um, actually, do you want to mention it? Yes. Um, apparently, tomorrow night on the Ritman Show here on Fab Radio International, uh, we have Titus Insignior who, uh, I'll be honest, I've never heard of, but uh, that's on the Whitman Show tomorrow night here on Fab Radio International, and uh, doubtless Paul will upload the listen again if you can't listen in as live. So, would you be uh, listening to that, or would you be enjoying your birthday? I'll be enjoying my birthday. Yay! <laughs> Happy birthday from tomorrow, producer all! Um, so, yes, so, books. Books! Books, 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 books. Yes, books. Uh, so, Getting back to the news, I do like the idea of the of the, the, the cosmic tr- trigger player, but it does, at the same time, I, I don't... I, it's one of those things, because I looked at the Indiegogo thing for it, and I was like, ooh, this looks exciting. And I was like, hang on, it kind of... It, it's all being crowdfunded, which mm-hmm. is lovely. And it's either going to be one of those things that you kind of you go to and enjoy, or you're going to go to and not get, because the, there's a kind of whole... You know, a kind of occultism, kind of, ah, I'm incredibly wise and also incredibly silly sort of thing. I'm like, uh, could be fun, could not be fun. Mm. We'll see, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. And as I said before, I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of people that are, um, you know, excited about the project. And it shows because, you know, the, they're 10 days in, a week in, and they're halfway through through the money that they need. And they still have 26 days. So, you know, if, you, if you're if you hoping to sponsor them, um, go now. You have 26 days to throw money at them and, and see this project come to life. But um, and also, of course, feel free to tell us what you would like to be see as a stage production. Oh, what yeah. book would you... There are some books that I think would work quite well. Twilight isn't one of them. Uh, the Twilight the Musical <laughs> would make me laugh. Oh, God. No. no, I just can't see it happening. Can't see it happening. He's already got a you know bunch of major 
movies out. So, you know, let's but not go to the theatre. They did that. his Dark Materials as a stage play. Did they? They did indeed. And was it any good? Apparently it was absolutely amazing. Ooh. And they had um, they had puppeteers doing all the, the animals and <gasps> all the familiars. Oh, very cool. So it's a little puppet. And uh, I just, I wanted to go into, I couldn't afford to. It was in mm. London, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, rather than, you know, a decent city for the arts, which would be Manchester. <laughs> Where? Hey. Uh, Polemic. Not that we're biased, honest. Uh, no, it's not that, you know, we're based we are, in Manchester. We're based, in, we're based in Manchester. Uh, and, you know, most of the time, most of the time we are spoilt for theatre. Yeah. And every once in a while there's something like The Drowned Man or the stage production of the His Dark Materials and you just sit there going, and it's only in London. And you're like, no. no. <laughs> Which is ridiculous given, A, the number of theatres we have in Manchester. Yes. B, the fact that the BBC has got 50% of its units up here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, C, the fact that uh, ITV has got a major presence in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and D, that London is just chuffing expensive. It's it's one of those things where, because we talk to a lot of writers, artists, and other creative type people through, through various roles and various yes. things that we do, and one of the things we discover is that there's so many of our friends and associates that spend some time in London because they have to for their careers, Yeah, and they don't want to leave Leeds, they don't want to leave leave Manchester, you know, they don't want to leave Liverpool, but they do. And it's, it's almost like these three cities, which are really right next door to each other mm. and, and have you know, a, a massive creative powerhouses. And Manchester, with all its theatres and with all its studios, and yet you still have to concentrate on... Sorry to international listeners, by the way, because this, is, this has suddenly turned into a very, very focused... UK-focused UK discussion. discussion. But, but the, the equivalent in, say, America is if you want to be in theatre in America, you pretty much have to be in New York, yeah, as huh? I understand it. You want to be in film or TV, you've you got to be, be in Los America. Angeles. Yeah. So, you know, if you're somewhere else in the world and want to let us know whether you can relate to this discussion in terms of what happens in your own country... Just come to Facebook and Twitter and tell us, uh, what, you know, why it's awesome where you live or why, you know, you might have to move somewhere else to get your, your creative powers working uh, as, a, as, a, as an artist. You see, I, I don't mind this place to visit. It's just that, you know, the, the large collection of very creative types that I know uh, in, in case, by the way, you're wondering what the bing bong is, is that the, the page ten are just turning up and, <laughs> and they can't seem to get through the door. So we're sorting that out right now. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's London. And of course, the solution that Manchester has come up with is just to keep wanging away. And it really you know, is constantly um, a powerhouse of creative work and creative things that, that are happening. Manchester, Manchester is very much a creative powerhouse. They are constant projects going on. I think that's the only solution. And I think it's the same with anywhere else in the world. I know producer Al is involved in, in, in some acting shenanigans that are going to be pretty cool soon. So, <coughs> I, it, 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 It's not just that. I mean, uh, Hank Green, who is uh, someone that we talk about quite a bit on the show. Uh, his brother John Green's written a book, mm-hmm. apparently. It's been, it's been made into a movie. Well, his brother John Green's written quite a lot of books. One of them's been made into a movie. See, see I was I was being terribly English and understanding. Yeah. Really, is has the Fault in the Stars been made into a movie? I believe so. I believe so. Wow, I I, I hadn't heard of the, the Fault in the Stars written by by John Green. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, no, not that John Green. The other one. Oh right. No, the, 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 you, you, what, hang on. Oh my. Oh my word. Sorry. Some 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 alchemy has just occurred in my head. Alchemy. Right, Jonathan Green is a fighting fantasy author. John Green is the guy who wrote that story about those two cancer cancer victims. Spoilers! 
spoilers. 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 They die. Uh, <laughs> you didn't. No, no, no. Seriously, it's the Fault in Our Stars. Uh, it's on the blurb. Okay. Um, someone dies anyway. Um, okay. Enough. Enough. Move away. They all live happily ever after. Honest. Um, so, oh my god. Uh, I, I shall slap Ed um, on behalf of all the outraged people out there. Are you ready? Are you yes, ready? Yes. Ow. Ow. There you go. Anyway, Jonathan Green writes fighting fantasy books. John Green writes um, not fighting fantasy books. Could you imagine a version of the Fault in Our Stars? Uh, to go to chemotherapy, turn to page 394. <laughs> God. You didn't go there, did I you? I did. You I just did. did. I, I, you just I, did. I, I, moving, moving swiftly on. Moving I, swiftly on. I kind of want to play that. This is what happened when I flew to the moon. <laughs> 2D6, test your luck. Uh, <laughs> We're still a word seeking, by the way. We are, we are. Anyway, <laughs> uh, getting off the point, Hank Green was saying that the reason why all the creative people that he works with happen to also come from the town that he lives in is because there are loads of creative people everywhere. Sure. It doesn't matter where you are. And I think one of the solutions, getting back to the whole discussion about arts, is if you want to form a writing group and they are no, you think there are no other writers in your small town, you are wrong. If you want to form any form of creative group, group and you think there are no one else who, who is into the thing that you're into you're almost certainly wrong and these days technology exists that allows you to talk to various people yes you're probably not the only geek in the village <laughs> no we, we are breeding um and after all of that nonsense and um spoilers um i, I think we should flee You've been listening to The Bookworm, and I've been your host, Ed Fortune, and... It's goodbye from Nympha Hayes. The Bookworm is a truly outrageous production for Fab Radio International and Starburst magazine. Presented by Ed Fortune and Nympha Hayes, produced by A.L. Johnson. <laughs>